Hey everybody, and welcome to the Hogside. No weird, loud introduction for us this week, as we get into what I call the hypothetical draft trade silly season of the NFL offseason. It's like there's three weeks where the league is kind of quiet, and fans just get stupid with like hypothetical trades. I'm mostly just disappointed that you didn't, you know, goad me into doing some crazy noise at the beginning of the show like last week because it was really your fault. We, you and I both have had long days, Steve. We were talking about that. Like, I, like there's no energy for goading. <laughs> also, you were coughing up a lung just before. I don't want to like. I, I was make trying you to get the phlegm out of my throat so I could sound beautiful for <laughs> the air. Yes. Thank you very yes. much. Uh, and you've still been working on that after all these years. It never works. <laughs> Say, you know, anything I do that's beautiful, it doesn't work. You know, I know what. Listen. Every let me give a bit of advice, to everybody. Know your place and accept yep. your place. Yeah. Oh yeah. You'll be much happier when you do. Absolutely. Don't try to fight it. You just yeah. accept where you are. Yep. Just like just like I have got the perfect voice for the mute button. I get that. I understand that. <laughs> oh, well, there's a YouTuber's name I can't remember. So I but so I can't give him credit, but I didn't come up with this. But I, I liked his saying. He says, uh um, it, it, it's it's a, a oh it's a, a a face for radio is what he says. Yes. Oh, that's a classic. Yeah. I have yes. a face for yes. radio. I have a face for oh, radio yeah. and a voice for the mute for the silent film. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's a uh, reason I don't want my face on the air, and it's not just because I have a job in which I can't afford to get myself out there. I don't want to startle and scare people the way I look. You know. Yes. Let's be honest. Well, I mean, uh, maybe the the. One show every year before Halloween would be ideal then. Could be that. That's possible. But you know what's good, though? Of all of that, I'll still be taller than Dave. Ain't, ain't no doubt about that. That's okay. Everything comes better in short and in, in smaller packages. See, Dave's actually we four foot that. ten. Dave's actually four foot ten. I don't yeah. know if y'all knew that. I, I, I'm the shack of our group at 5'11". That's the <laughs> You <part>. are. <laughs> well, Jamal was taller than you. Yeah, Jamal, I mean, because he and I ran to each other a few times uh, in person. Yeah, he's he's got like two inches on me. He's not, he's no giant or anything, but yeah, he's like six. By our stand, well, Robbie Duncan was obviously the giant. Yeah, oh, Robbie's, yeah. Well, he's a lineman. How, yeah. many, how many short linemen are there ever in like even college level? <laughs> I, like six two would be yeah. the, the absolute shortest. Right, right. You know, in high school, you would have that one fat kid that you would always see get stuck on the line who's like five eight but three hundred pounds. <laughs> he doesn't there. go. So, he doesn't go far though. No. So I'm actually so I'm actually catching a trend here. Robbie Duncan six foot two. You got Jamal what five eleven? They down to me four four <laughs> ten four ten. I mean, it's, I mean, who's next after me? We're going to get uh, someone Peter like Dinklage. a legitimate little person in here. Yeah, I'm, we're, you know? we're shooting for Peter Dinklage. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Peter Dinklage uh, is incredibly boring in interviews, though. Oh, he's yeah. He's the well, worst he, in interviews. Because he's a very serious actor is what he wants to be. Well, and that's fair, but you know, there's no live, you know, there's no liveliness in his vocal tonalities whatsoever. Yeah. Well, and I, I think if you are a little person, you have to come off as I'm, a, I gotta be serious about everything I do. Right. Like, but, but there's a charisma to people, uh, oh, you know, sure. like as much as I hated Bill Clinton, just for example, I, I mean, that dude has got charisma oozing out of every pore. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, he's a moral reprobate, but I mean, my point is in terms of charisma and like Peter Dinklage can, uh, can do it on camera, Yeah. but he can't do it in an interview. Yeah. Well, that's a lot. A lot of actors are so different when you get them off camera it, like that. It, it, it is a thing. Uh, and in Clinton's case, I, I knew some people who had worked with his administration. Uh, Sorry. Back in Little Rock, even. And, uh, yeah, everyone just says the oozing charisma thing, it, it's so legit in person, it's crazy. Well, I've uh, been around him in person, yeah, uh, you yeah. know, at, at Andrews Air Force Base, and, and sure. he looks exactly the same. I mean, I wasn't like, hey, Bill, or anything, but, I mean, I was around him once, right. and he does no, look I, very charismatic. I'm talking well, to people I know he came who were to... in like hanging out with him in room. Yeah, that's not yeah. me. Yeah. I know he came to Aviano when I was out there and he was, you know, we were, you know, he came through and he was kind of meeting and greeting all the military vets. He was actually shaking as many people's hands as possible. But, but of course, Hillary right behind trying to push him away. She was like, 
she just had no no one or will or anything to meet with anybody but him. Yeah, she was the anti bill in that respect. Oh, yeah. She has I've never met a more charmless person than her. Uh, and you're absolutely right. I mean, Bill Clinton, I mean, I mean, I was I, w- I wasn't a big fan of him either overall, but I mean, he was it's like nice. a it's like a dichotomy of genetics with those two. Right. You know, it's like it's like having a a, a a positive and a negative axis on a magnet. It, that's what those two are. There's I mean, never been in the history of the universe a less charismatic person. Yeah, than I, I think that's a lot of relationships, though, man. Like my wife is way more outgoing than me. You know, like that we have our things we mutual interests, but like personality wise, isn't that what happens a lot of times? One person's the outgoing one, one person's the introvert. Certainly in their case. Yeah. Yeah, it's the case. And, yeah. and by, I'm sure Bill, by the way, Dave, was keeping an eye out on the young ladies in the crowd. It's probably what he was really doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, you take uh, an extra couple handshakes with every every woman. I'm sure like, he had his phone number in his hand and he was, you know, just passing it out. You well, know, got to a, the it's pre-cell phone era. So, yeah. you know, it's oh, yeah. trickier. And and I know for a fact he wasn't sniffing anybody either, so. <laughs> <laughs> See that uh, one was just a creep. There, you know, that's not, you know, yeah. that's not a lack of charisma. It's being a total creep and a weirdo. Yeah, that's true. Uh, we if should. You don't we know should, what we're talking about. Just Google politician who sniffs the hair of little girls, and it'll come there, right there's up. There's a there's a lot of creepy politicians that I. There's yes, a lot there of creepy politicians. Yes, there are. We won't get into, especially back then. There were a glut of them, and they could all hide hide it because it was pre-internet. That was the real thing. Yep. I think if you want a psychological analysis of it, which nobody asked for, but if you put people in power, yep. they, they get basically shots of dopamine you know, from being in power, and it gets more and more and more, and you have to get more and more and more to, to maintain the high you're giving yourself. And so that's when you get into these real moral reprobates because it just snowballs on them. Uh, you I mean, know. I think it's true with politics, with ultra wealth, with musicians, musicians you know, yeah. celebrities in general. Yeah. Right. It, it's that same effect. Athletes Absolutely. like these football players. Yeah. You know. yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. All right. So we should talk AV about guys actual... with the Department of, you know, education. Yeah. Yes. Because, you know, the <laughs> AV industry is known for having tons of I haven't had a female coworker in like nine years in my industry. <laughs> like it, it doesn't happen. Uh, it's, it's a very single gendered industry. Sounds like you're discriminating on the basis of gender to me. Uh, no, I just, we haven't had a single resume come across. <laughs> <laughs> or a uh, single resume you want to look at. Well, I don't look at them. <laughs> I just, I would just call Well, not them. you per se, but. Yeah. 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 Oh, I know. <laughs> um, we should talk about some stuff. All right. Some housekeeping stuff with the show to get us back on track a little bit here. Um, we are changing our podcasting platform from SoundCloud over to uh, what's the new one called? Acast. Acast. Yes, is uh, the main reason it's cheaper. So we're gonna go that route. <laughs> um, well, and also SoundCloud. You know, the the level we were at at SoundCloud was they changed their levels. It was no longer conducive to really right. They changed podcasting. their terms of service. If you notice, that's why we only have three shows up at a time, uh, because they wouldn't let us store everything up there anymore. So we're gonna make this move. We'll, you'll start seeing the shows build back up. I'm not going back and putting in all like no no no, shows. no no of course not. I don't have that time. <laughs> but but now the show will be on SoundCloud again. Just yes. Let's be and, clear. So the show will be on all the platforms plus a couple new ones. Right. It's just the the hub will be Acast. Yeah so yeah. Those so if you are subscribed, Spotify and iTunes, yeah. you won't really notice. It's right. for those people who listen directly on SoundCloud. I want to put this out there. Um, so we're going to get rid of SoundCloud probably in a little few weeks. Uh, so just be ready. If you're a SoundCloud listener, go over to ACAST. So tonight, so for this show, Alex, is it going to be on? I'm going to do both. both? Okay. I'm playing it safe. You know me. Okay. Uh, I don't like taking unnecessary risks. Um, you're an AV guy. No AV guy ever takes risks. No, no, no. Uh, Other than getting electrocuted, which has happened to me (laughs) 15 ish times. You know, that's about it. No wonder you're so screwed up. <laughs> no, that, well, that's why my hair like sticks up sometimes. <laughs> <It's just laughs> I'm sure you've noticed on the sh- a few times. Uh, all right, so some serious news we got to cover though. Uh, it came out on social media today that Mike Sellers, the 
legendary, I think is a fair word, legendary Redskins fullback from the Joe Gibbs era in the 2000s. Uh, he is having serious health issues, uh, heart issues. He's had nine treatments for uh, undisclosed heart issue. And uh, his things are pretty bad for him. His wife put up a GoFundMe. Uh, Steve has it on his phone right there. Yeah, let me read a little bit of it. I'm yeah. not going to read it all. but And, and Alex is going to post the link to the GoFundMe on I, the I actually webpage. did it earlier. I can repost it again. Oh, yeah. yeah, post it on the show. So if you want it, it'll be on the show linked on the website um, yep. when you listen to this. Um, okay. I am the wife of the greatest fullback that ever played the game in the National Football League. I like it. Uh, Redskins fans know him as the caveman. I know him as husband, father to our three beautiful humans, ages 13, 14, and a young adult. He's a running backs coach for one of the best high school schools in the nation. Says for the past six months, Mike's been in and out of hospitals in in, uh, Tampa, in the Tampa area. Um, He has received nine separate heart treatments for his condition, and this has caused him to no longer be able to provide for the family. Um, and so their goal here is to raise, I think, a hundred grand mm-hmm. in here, and that's not even going to get him very far. So he's going to need help. Um, so certainly, you know, in recognition of the fact that all of us love Mike Sellers, we all got countless pleasures out of watching him play football. Right. So those of you who can do it, um, please try to help. Yeah. And now, look, I'm not saying. Uh, we all need to do what Joe Gibbs did. Joe Gibbs. Uh, Joe, Gibbs gave, Joe Gibbs gave ten ten thousand dollars. Yeah, Joe yeah. Gibbs gave ten grand. I don't expect anyone in our listening audience to give ten grand. I, I just I gave point one percent of what Joe Gibbs gave. I think if I'm doing my math right. Uh, I will give something. I learned about this five minutes ago, so yeah. I, I did not know this. No, but no. I will give something. And there's I, a bit. There's most of these donations are. You know, five dollars, twenty-five dollars, a hundred dollars. Yeah, yeah. I threw a tenner at it. Every little bit helps. Every Justin little bit Tuck helps. was in here at a thousand. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's another name. You know, there's probably more. I'm not going through all these, but no, no, no. There, there were several hundred donations when I looked. Uh, but I mean, look, we are talking an all-time great. Uh, I I know I saw him at training camp when I was there earlier. They had him doing sign signature stuff. I I got my Hogsai hat signed by Mike Sellers. Oh. Uh, if you guys remember that. Um, so like, that's why I will never wear it again because now it's signed by Mike Sellers. Well, Mike, yeah, right? uh, uh, there's uh Mitch rails is in here. Jason Campbell's in here. So, okay. I mean, they've, Oops. they've, they've gotten the, the troops lined up. So point yeah. is, I'm sure he'll, help they'll, they'll get support, but we're fi- If you're a fan of this team, I think you, you probably have some fond memories of Mike Sellers plowing over people for Clinton Portis. There's Alexander what, Elite, yeah. Alexander Diseases donation is in here as well. So yeah, it's it's a small one. I'm not. Mine will be in here as soon yeah. as we get off the air. I'll do something. Steve's gonna but, go like eleven just to show me up by a dollar. <laughs> I know I'm gonna show Joe Gibbs up. Yeah, do it. no, I don't think anyone's shown up, Joe. Uh, <laughs> all all respect to Joe Gibbs there. I mean, cause it, it, that's what he is. We know. Yeah, and we're not asking you to you know, give money you don't have, anything like that. It's no, not your family, but to the those of you who can't afford it, it's a good cause, and Mike Sellers was an integral part of what we all used to love. So. I, I mean, right. and talk about a great player. 11 years in Washington, went to Cleveland for that one year in 2001, and then the CFL then got brought back. Uh, you know, that's a heck of a career. Well, and uh, believe me, speaking as someone who had – a heart condition, which I wrote about and yeah. talked about on the air, not anywhere near as serious, anywhere close to as serious what Mike Sellers has had. Um, but it's my part was expensive, and he's had nine of them, all of which are much more serious than me. So they're racking yeah, up right. humongous debt, even with insurance. It's still very expensive. Yeah, because insurance doesn't cover a lot of it. They think well, there's all... a there's a lifetime cap on these things too, and yeah. you know who knows how far close he is to that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but you know, I think we're all rooting for Mike Sellers to come out of this healthy. Uh, you know, if you pray, a... go ahead and do that. I, it's not my thing, but if it's your thing, go ahead and do it. No harm in it. So now uh, I don't know how to, um, we'll publish the link, but I don't know how to identify it here on the title of it. I guess if you're going to search for it, it it's says GoFundMe. It's... Yeah, it's GoFundMe and it says quality of life for the seller's family. That's the title of it. So I guess you could search for that. Yeah. Right. Yeah, but I, I retweeted it from our Twitter earlier. Um, 
So you can find it there, too. And, you know, every beat reporter, I think, has tweeted it at this point. Our, you know, our, our best of our best wishes for a speedy yeah, recovery for myself. Absolutely. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that's a... That's, you know, the hard side of football, man. It's a rough sport, man, like that. Like, I'm sure the game took its toll on him, and that's part of what... Well, and to be clear, we don't know. No. She didn't explain the cause of this, or even what the issue really is, just as a heart condition, so... Yeah. Yeah. Could even be genetic, for all we know. Yeah, we know. Who knows? But certainly, being a professional football player, especially a fullback, probably didn't help. No. Uh, And also, being a human giant. Because when I saw him at training camp, the man is still a giant. Um, you know, he's like six five, and his biceps are bigger than my head still. So, <laughs> you have a big fat head too, Alex. Yeah, I do. And I was looking at him like, I I, I don't have a tape measure, but I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Just imagine a little short guy like Dave standing next to him. Yeah. Imagine being four foot ten and standing next to Mike Sellers. Next to at, six, one, five. at one point, I was probably a little wider than him too. Probably at one point. <laughs> I'm not talking about muscle either. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, you must have been in good shape at some point in your life, Dave. Well, you were in the military, <laughs> Dave. I mean, you had to be in shape at some point. Oh, absolutely, sure. <laughs> Just not anymore. But, I, but I've been retired from the military since eight in 2018. So. Sure. That that lapses. No, no. And it's not like you weren't just stuck in your house for a large chunk of that time. Doing yeah, no. nothing. Right. <laughs> um, all right. So we should, like I said, this is the doldrums of the. A lot of our free agency preview, our draft previews uh, this week. And I guess when, when does uh, free agency really start, Steve? It's middle of next month, right? Yeah, it's March. Like that. Yeah. March 14th, I think, or something like that. Yeah, March 13th. The legal tampering period begins, what I call the legal tampering period, begins March 11th, and then free agency is March 13th this year. Okay, okay, March 13th. Yeah. All right. All right, so not the Ides. We're we're just missing the Ides every time. (laughs) The Ides Uh, of March. (laughs) Do do people know what the Ides are anymore? I don't think so. No, but that's a very Alex East thing to know, though. Yeah, of course. Of course it is. I'm a weird nerd. Of course I know history. And <laughs> the Ides of <laughs> Julius Caesar. Look him up. Important character in history. Julius um, who? <laughs> is that the so guy? Now. That's the guy who owns the pizza place, right? The Little yeah. Caesars? Yeah, he, he's him. a sponsor of the NFL. He's the guy. He's Julius Caesar. He's the guy who owns the, the pizza yeah. chain. Yeah, that's that who it is. is I knew the it pizza chain of the NFL now. Which there is... you go. I knew it was something that you guys should know. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. All right. So uh, We're now let's... well-informed. Let's do free agency first. Uh, this week we are gonna and Steve, you wrote it, right? The corner. No, pick. our our colleague Clint. Um, Clint wrote it. Okay, no one. Well, no one. That's what we yeah, it. no one. That's not, Clint is somebody else. That's you know that is uh, not who I was thinking of. No one whose name is something else. Right. Um, wrote this. Right. No one wrote this. Uh, they don't live in Tampa. The uh, person who <laughs> calls himself no one from Tampa. Yes. Whose yeah. name is not Clint, because that is someone else who works for us. Now, the, ver- the first time, uh, I'll just put this out. The first time I saw him posting on our Twitter, or not Twitter, our uh, comment section, I thought he wrote Noon E from Tampa. I don't know why. <laughs> uh, okay. I, weird dyslexia moment for me. Um but everything's one word. You know, he didn't put spaces in. That's it. All right. Problem. So this year, th- this week, we're covering corners and safeties and free agency. Yep. Um, and so the the gist of the Washington's corner group, kind of what they're facing here um, in terms of corners. Well, Kendall Fuller is a free agent. He was their number yep. one corner, such as it is. And he's had his issues. You know, everybody knows what they are. Um, he has, but, and we'll get into this, he is one of the better corners on the market right now. Yeah, which may be saying something about the market. Yeah, you know, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Right. Um, Benjamin St. Juice only has a year left on his deal. So they really are at a point where they uh, need some players. I mean, Emmanuel Forbes, um, I thought he drastically underperformed last year. Um, Quan Martin was even more so. He got a little better at the end of the year. Um, yep. Neither one of those guys are worthy of the, quote, number one corner um, position in my view. Um 
so I think they need to sign somebody. But so let me just tell you what. Let me just run over some. Just yeah, let's list names some names here. and we can talk about it. Okay, and, and you're going to see this in the post that goes up later in the week. You know, from no one from Tampa, but um, the top on the market: Jalen Johnson with with the Bears, Legarius Sneed with the Chiefs, Kendall Fuller with Washington, Tendobia Wuze from the Bengals, and Stephon Gilmore. Um, and then there's some other names: uh, Stephen Nelson with the Texans, Kenny Moore with the Colts. Adore Jackson with the Giants. I, I mean, the the name that sticks out to me on this list beyond Fuller himself is probably Stephon Gilmore. Sure. Uh, you know, sure. probably the biggest name, but he's going to want a lot of money. Uh, I mean, Adore Jackson, similar. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I don't, I mean, I don't think we know how Washington's going to approach this group because we don't know how the new co- coaching staff really views Emmanuel Forbes. Do they really see him as a bust? Do they think he's not a bust? I, if it were me, I wouldn't be high on him, but I mean, we don't really know. So I take the, uh, like, I, I think that they're going to give themselves time. It's impossible for them to evaluate if he's a bust just off of what they saw. They're going to have to get and spend some time with him. And it's not like you're going to cut the guy after one year. He's a first no, round pick. No, nobody's no. talking gotta, about that. You got to try and work him out. Um, they got, but. I think the hope was with those two draft picks initially, okay, we'll get rid of Kendall Fuller. They can't get rid of Kendall Fuller now. Well, Kendall Fuller is not on the roster, okay? No, no, no. They can't, but they got to try and bring him back, is my point. I don't. But you could, if you thought you could get Stephon Gilmore, wouldn't you just let Fuller walk? I would. I mean, if you're just looking at one year, maybe. I mean, he's Stephon Gilmore is 33. He'll be, you know, he's up there. In, I mean, in, uh, I think, I mean, I think, I, I mean, I think Lejarius Need would be the prime target anyway. I mean, Kansas City, they're up against it with the cap right now. They have to decide they want to, if they want to resign Chris Houston or not. Mm-hmm. You know, if they can afford him. Lejarius Need has been one of the top corners in the league. He's going to want top money. I mean, I think right there, that's a the guy you, uh, you jump all over on right there, and just left and just let Kendall Fuller walk. Um. So, I, I mean, look, I'm fine if they want to go that route. Here's my bold thing. I think they should go after two guys. If if it's Fuller and somebody else or not Fuller and somebody else, I don't think you can go into next season just banking on any of these younger corners at this point. Well, they do have um, Benjamin St. Juiced, who I thought he had a down year last year somewhat. yeah. But he's still at least a legit starter at a minimum. So at a bare minimum, they need one at least, I think. Yeah, for sure they need one, but right. I would go after – and this is where I would be okay if they did go after Gilmore just because if you're like he's 33, he's going to be here for one year as our insurance in case none of these younger corners can make it for the season. Okay, you know, like, so I'll just give some Spotrack numbers. Mm-hmm. Spotrack has Adoree Jackson at about – as market value at about eleven million okay. a year, okay. Um, and Kendall Fuller is, is they've got him at fourteen a year, so even a little higher, which is yeah. And then Gilmore, give me one second. Gilmore's down at eleven. Oh, okay. Uh, you know, so you could do like a one. I mean, no, you wouldn't want to sign him to a five-year deal considering his age, but you could bring him in for a year. Yeah, maybe two years at most, uh, you know, save a few, you know, a couple million dollars compared to what you would have to pay fuller, probably. Uh, but but I like your idea, Dave. You know, that's a good one, too. Um, let me see here. Steve Nelson I mean, in Houston would actually be an interesting one to target, too. Uh, he's because he's older. He's 31. Um he, I, I pulled up the sport track thing. They say he, he would be ten point two million is the market value. So similar. Um, but I at thirty one, I'd feel more comfortable if you gave a guy like a two or three year deal, just to be that second corner or even temporary first corner where we'll need to develop these guys. Okay, so they've got Snead at sixteen million a year. Sport track mm-hmm. does. So, so he's a what about well, what about Jalen Johnson from Chicago? I mean we. I mean, that's, I mean, that's, that, I mean, that's the guy I had a breakout year last year. Was actually, actually rated a top corner in the soft free agency market right now at the moment. And he's only 24, going 25 years old this year. I mean, he's mm-hmm. 
mean, he's definitely a guy you can really consider putting some big money through for a long-term deal and then sure. just kind of building around that. Okay, take a stab at it. Take a guess. What do you think they have in that? For, for Jalen Johnson, I'd probably yeah, say, I say 13 and a half million. It got him at almost 16, 15.7 million. Okay. Yeah. Which, I mean, like you said, he did have a very good year. So. Well, also, remember, Washington can afford to sign a few guys like this. Yeah, they, right? they have the most cap space of anybody. Right. Um, In fact, uh, when it comes to that defensive side, to be honest with you, they need to get someone like a Burns for edge, go after someone like either Trey for Hassan Reddick, or, uh, which mm-hmm. Phil, if he won't do anyway, or go for uh, uh, Daniel Hunter and then go to the next level, go after like a Jalen Johnson or somebody. That's how bad this defense is. They need I, to, and the draft's I, not going to fix it. No, I mean, this. the team has so many holes all yes. over the roster, enormous yeah. number of holes. It's just not something they can fix in a year. It just isn't, no. you know. Uh, I mean, so you really kind of have to use your money wisely here. They What, what do they really, really need? They really need a cor- at least one corner. Unless right. they really trust Emmanuel Forbes, which hopefully they don't. They really need to sign a, a starting-level corner. They really need to sign a starting-level linebacker. The, yeah, at a minute, and, they needed one one top edge rusher at least. They they have to do those three things. They, they and need a to quarterback. Cam Curl too. I mean, yeah. like in terms of their own guys, that's the guy they got to focus on. Right. Because uh, you know we got to talk about safeties too. Like he he's gonna be. I mean, he had a down year, I think, statistically, because I don't. It seems like they oh, didn't know did. how to use him all season. Well, and also just if you just kind of take the, forget stats here for a minute. Right. What about his impact on the field? You didn't mm-hmm. see it nearly as much this year as you did in years past of him. Right. I, I, but I think that's partly they kept on putting him in the box and having him play the run. Uh, he wasn't playing a lot of cover two. Uh, for, you know, Forrest was hurt. So, like, he didn't have a good free safety on the other side of him. So, wherever you put him, teams just targeted the other guy. <laughs> it was pretty obvious that's why he wasn't performing. His teams just went after, who was it, Percy Butler that was playing free safety for yeah, I mean, if you want to get right. safeties, since since you moved to safeties, let's just do this here. So, um, first of all, Washington safety group this year is pretty damn abysmal in terms of who's on the roster. That would be Percy Butler. Yeah. Is, is on the roster. And basically nobody. Derek Forrest has got Forrest another year. IR. Right now, yeah, right? I I know, but I mean, they still got him for another year, but everybody else is free agent, so they desperate they need probably two safeties realistically. Yeah. Um. Unless, so I mean, uh, unless you think a Quan Martin would make that transition to free safety, I have no I idea. Don't know. I look at Quan Martin as a bust. I I got I mentioned that in our comment section a while ago and got roundly criticized for it. I I, I thought he was a total bust personally. I mean, he well, he started to turn on the end of the year. A little but, bit, yeah. I mean, but as far as impact for a second-round pick, he wasn't anywhere near where yeah. he That was my play. point. Yeah, I didn't exactly. mean he literally couldn't play the game of football, but compared to the oh, impact yeah. you need to have. Okay, Absolutely. so here's the top safeties on, on the market. And this is according to the piece, which you guys will read later this week. Antoine Winfield, the Buccaneers, Cam Curl, Washington, Kyle Duggar, Patriots, Xavier McKinney, and Geno Stone, uh, Geno Stone being the top. Some others, Jordan Fuller with the Rams, Julian Blackman with the Colts, C.J. Gardner-Johnson with the Lions, uh, you know, Deshaun Gibson with the 49ers. Um, I mean, Antoine Winfield is the big, huge name, obviously, you yeah. know, on the – but he's going to command a, you know, truckload of money. Right. I mean, since I have Spotrack pulled up, I'm going to look at what their thing is because they're, they're pretty good about that at Eighteen point four is what they're saying for Antonio. Yeah, that that's a bit much. Yeah. Uh, by the way, they say Cam Curl will be fourteen point four to resign here. I think they lot. need to make an effort to bring him back. Uh, you I know. do too. Yeah. He he's a solid to you know very good player at times. If you utilize him right, and I don't think Ron did. He he can kind of lock down that safety spot, that strong safety side at least for a long time for you. Well, this is pretty cynical, but also just think about the marketing aspect of it. I mean, Cam Curl, granted, he came from the other, you know, the former, um, you know, the former leadership, but this is still a quote homegrown 
Washington DC yeah. player, somebody the fans like. The fans have always liked him. His dad's a yeah. little mouthy, but you know, and so that's a guy I think that the fans can continue to kind of root for. Now he's not some like free agent in, you know, off the street. This is a you know, a few players they've had that was a right. success in the draft, you know. Right. And he's twenty four. He or right. he'll be twenty five probably, I guess right. by next year. Um yeah, like it seems like a no-brainer, I think, on paper to just bring him back. Let let him work with the new coaching staff that's, you know, still very defensive-focused. I mean, the only downside is that really it's his dad. And, I don't, you know, and, and I don't mean like his dad specifically. And Greg Curl, he's on Twitter, I guess. I've, even I've seen him, and I don't pay attention to it. But I mean, like, if his dad is that mouthy, that prob- I don't think that bodes well for – their ability to negotiate with, with curl himself. That's what I'm saying. Sure. You know, because his dad may be, be kind of a proxy for the attitude that cam has. And I hey, get all your money. Don't get me wrong. Uh, what I'm saying is he may go highest bidder and not give Washington in first in line is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. I could see that. Yeah, uh, and this is me speculating, but that's what I take out of kind of the situation generally. So they may, my point is they may not be able to get him. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I mean, I'd be curious how that negotiation side goes. Um, obviously, I think I think almost every fan wants him here. Oh, of I, course. I would be fascinated oh, sure. to see how uh, – I know they don't want to – they say they don't want to play a cover three Legion of Boom style defense. He would be so good in the safety role. In, in that kind of defense, if you if you because he is a cover three strong safety if you ever saw one, like playing that shallow middle would be perfect for him. I don't disagree with you. Uh, yeah, I mean I think it'd be great. I think he would definitely be an asset, you know. And he's a I think he's a guy who can really play a lot of safety roles if if they have to. Yeah, he's just a quality player overall. Yeah. He's not, he's gonna not be a in the single high guy, but he can play almost every other. Yeah, I mean, he's not Sean Taylor, but, you know, no. nobody was Sean Taylor. I'm, but he's I'm a quality re- player, and they got him in the seventh round of the draft. You know, keep him. Yeah. I'm trying to remember the name of the safety in Atlanta when Dan Quinn was out there. He was more, he was kind of like that hybrid linebacker safety type of player. And the way that yeah. Dan Quinn utilized him, you know, I mean, and it wasn't like in that Buffalo nickel style that we're talking about here either. It's just. I mean, the roles that he played either in the run, the you know, as a zone, as a zone, almost like a slot corner type of thing, whatever. I mean, the the roles that he played on Dion Branch, that's his name. Dion oh, Branch. Dion Branch. Okay, yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. And uh, you know, he fits that role because because Dion was never fast enough nor had the range to play a single high, but he was real good against the run. He was excellent in the zone, and that reminds me so much of what Cam Girl can do. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something I think what ultimately brings him back. I think Dan Quinn certainly is going to want him to anchor that secondary on that defense. Very likely. I think you're probably right. So yeah. that is, uh, we've got a lot to do here in the show. So I think that covers the state corner safety group. What do I think Washington's going to do here? Again, I think they've got to sign at least one starter as a corner. They have to sign it and they should make every effort to re-sign Cam Curl, but in absence of that, they'll need to bring in another starter because they cannot go with the group they have, and they can't go on the cheap. They've got to sign – they're going to have to spend money on uh, two players in this group, I think, at least. That's my – that would be my wrap-up for this. Yeah. I I, I would be A-okay with uh, two corners, uh, bring back Curl, and then – uh, yeah, they need a little more depth at safety. Right. So if they find somebody else who can be a good role player on the cheap, go for it. And that's the one brutal aspect of this roster construction right now because this draft on the top end, you've got to attack the, that that um, offensive line because you got a lot of really good, especially interior linemen. So it's like so by the time you iron all that out, all your safeties and corners, all your legitimate starters. Mm-hmm. That could be so within a year one or two or are gone. They're off the board. Yeah. You know, and it's just it's just a shame because you have to focus on the offensive line. We really do. Yeah. On that draft. Um, well, they need a quarterback, you know, yeah. and so they need. Oh, yeah. Yeah, be, yeah. After that, though. Yeah. yeah, that's I mean, there's just not they just don't have enough. Yeah. You know, they need about four number one, you know, first round picks. <laughs> you know, yeah, they really yeah, do. right. 
by the way, I would also be a-okay if they did just bring that back Jeremy Reeves to because he was a good special teams ace, and when they lost him, that you saw a difference. Oh, I yeah, I think he'd be you know fine. I don't mean to suggest they shouldn't bring him back. I just meant like big money, like starter level guys. No, right. no, no. He's not. They definitely get. should. He's another guy. You know, success story. You also have to think about it from a marketing perspective. Success yeah. story, young guy. You know, in Washington, those are the kind of guys you want to keep around because fans like him. They're more apt he, to support be, your team. He's going to be 27. It looks like so. Like this, he's on that point where it's like this is his last real deal. He'll probably get as that special teams role player. Mm-hmm. You know, not to knock the, the knock the guy. That's a successful career. If you make it uh, to your thirties, come on. Oh yeah. I watched that video uh, of him getting told about the Pro Bowl mm-hmm. like five or six times. Yeah, yeah. It oh, was yeah. fantastic. If 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 you didn't, you're not a fan. You don't have a soul if you didn't appreciate that video. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Speaking from the soul, I appreciated it. I know that's what I'm saying. I don't have emotion or a soul, and even I appreciated it. I don't have sympathy for humanity at all, and I thought that one was great. Yeah, yeah. All right, so let's uh, let's move on. We got to talk about the draft too, and we're going to be doing uh. A pretty big group. You, you lumped D line together, Steve. I did. I, originally, I was not going to do that, and I realized that talking about the interior D line and the draft is probably not that interesting right now. So, if they draft a defensive tackle, I think some people actually get <laughs> there'll be a revolt. <laughs> Even if it's in the seventh round, I think people would be upset. Honestly, <laughs> but see, like Ron Rivera would do it. You know? Yeah, yeah. Would Ron Rivera would draft one of his second pick. He would. Yeah. He would trade back to get an extra early round pick to get two of them. Yeah. Tell you yeah, what, exactly. let's let's go from the more exciting to the boring. Start with the exciting, lead to the boring. All right. So edge rushers. Mm-hmm. Now Washington needs an edge rusher because in case you're living living under a rock, um, Chase Young and Montez Sweat are both gone in trades to um, the 49ers. And where'd Montez go? Denver was it? Was it Denver. Chicago. 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 Pizza. So, so, and they gave, you know, guys like Casey Tuhill and James Smith Williams, uh, who else, one or two other folks. Um, And at at times, all of, they all did fairly well. Mm -hmm. You know, they all had their moments, but I don't think they really found anybody that I was convinced could be a starter. They're all, they all proved that they could be rotational guys. Right. Right. Good backups. You know, they yeah, they'll fill in. Nice. So all of this is leading to Washington is probably going to draft an edge rusher at some point in time. Mm-hmm. Now, they'd be have to be idiots to draft one in the first round. They're not going to do that. Right. <laughs> but let's just start at the top here. It's not this, by the way, in case I didn't mention it before, we're going to everyone could do this on the show. We're also going to have a write up, you know, on the on the website about it. And our buddy, no one from Tampa did this one, too. He, D-line is kind of his thing. Uh, so, Jerry, I'm just going to read a few, and you guys can comment on them. Uh, the top five, according to no one's research, Jared Verse from Florida State, Dallas Turner from Alabama, uh, Lay to uh, – uh, Yeah, him, that guy yeah. from UCS. Sorry for butchering his name. Um, Chop Robinson from Penn State, Chris Braswell from Alabama, Braylon Trice from Washington. Those are the top few. Those are those are like the rounds one and two guys. I can't yeah. imagine they're going to get a hold of any of those. <laughs> they might get a whole, uh, get one high in round two if they really think this is a need. I mean, we got, remember we have two second round picks right now. I could easily see them spending at one of those, and they're both fairly high second round picks. I should mention. I could say see a guy being picked up possibly yeah Uh, you know and i don't have a strong opinion about any of these guys right now i mean i haven't watched them yet i'm focused on quarterbacks right now sure um but Uh, uh, if i if i didn't mention anyone on here obviously because of penn state would be chop robinson no way i'm shocked yeah no way right i thought you'd go for isaac the other guy from penn state who's getting who's coming out this year so is his nickname (laughs) chop because he had to chop at people who were trying to you know, get him, drag him into, you know, a shower when he was a child, you know, at Penn State when he was like a high school kid visiting. And then the yeah. coaches tried to chop yeah. you, Jerry Sandusky. Yeah. No, no he that... was the one that no, he was the one that chopped Sandusky at the knees to stop all that action going on oh, in the bathroom, in the locker room right there. Okay. So that's what puts him 
I knew it had to have. There. I knew it was something to do with Sandusky. <laughs> I the thought pride of the pride of uh, right. Penn State. Right. Uh, but uh, I mean, just it's uh, he put on a tweet on here from Eric Turner, cover one, Jeffe or Hefe, whatever, you know, and he talks about how his this snap timing, first step explosive, and two hand speed swipe and everything. And the one thing the chop is is as if you as a as an offensive lineman, do not get yourself into into a uh, position of strength against him, where you don't lose any of your your chop is going to blow you off the line. You know, I mean, he's I think he's going to wind up being borderline, probably a late first round pick, not even early second round pick. You know, after the combines are done, because one thing he is he is, and unlike Chase Young, he has multiple moves from the outside, from the, from off the edge, and he's a guy that can. Definitely move up and down the line. It's quick off his feet, everything. It's everything that I've noticed from watching him all year. Hmm. Uh, well, what about the other guy from uh, your your love of Penn State? Uh, the Is it Adisa? Isaacs. That guy. Uh, to, you know what? To be honest with you, I actually... Actually... Don't really know as much about him because he wasn't really mentioned or even kind of single nearly as much as what Chop Robinson was. Every game he was he was a kind of standout on that one, to be honest with you. I don't know a great deal on him per se. Okay. All so, right. Um I mean And plus and plus that defense was so deep, it was like you often wonder if someone like a uh, I Isaac had kind of fed off of the talent around him or if he was really that good too. So that's one thing you got to figure out with him. And and just to give everybody kind of an idea here, uh, what, what I've seen is Dallas Turner seems to be the top Dallas Turner and Jared verse are the two top ones. I think, I think so. <laughs> and they yeah. are typically like, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. That's kind of where they typically yeah. fall in mock draft ranking or mock draft ranking. So that is not the right spot for Washington, even if they wanted to do that, unless they traded back and didn't do mm-hmm. quarterback and all that. And again, they're gonna have a revolt if they turn around and draft you spend a first round pick on an edge rusher. <laughs> you know. So that's not gonna happen. So I do think you're looking at more along the lines of what you're saying. <laughs> Uh, you know the you know the the guy who fought Jerry Sandusky at Penn State or somebody like that. That's probably more realistic. Well, yeah, I think Robinson probably <clears throat> will be gone first round, like Dave said. Too. Maybe, yeah, because yeah. uh, at least the two different sites I've looked at both have him as like a mid first rounder, mid to late first rounder. Uh, I, I think you're going to be looking at the uh, other guy from Alabama, maybe. Uh, Trice from Washington, someone like that may be an option in the second round. It It is a draft where there's probably going to be decent players in the second round for you to, who could be, you know, week one starters at, at defensive end. Uh, if it's a priority, that's where you're going to grab one. I, I don't know if it's as deep after that from what I've read so far, but I haven't, I'm not going to pretend that I've watched all these guys and that I know any diamonds in the rough. I'm not. <laughs> hey, and, I got a newsflash, everybody. I mean, one of these guys is going to be a week one starter for Washington, without a yeah. doubt. Yeah, I That's mean, true. Right now, free agency is going to really kind of kind of give a tip of the hat. If they go after and get someone like a Daniel or um, uh, Brian Burns, I mean, right now they're probably do like a mid round edge rusher to help on a rotation with. Uh, KJ Henry and Two Hill and so forth, just to kind of keep the rotation going. And you probably won't get anyone much higher than probably like the fourth round. Anyway. Well, that's the other way to go. Yeah, if they sign yeah. somebody, yeah, then no, they're not going to spend a high draft pick. I was kind right. of, I, I should have qualified what I said. You're right. Well, sure. And, you know, we we did hear from Dan Quinn that he's going a little more more uh, mad scientist this year with what he wants to build. We don't really know what he's looking for even in like if he's moving away from the 34 seattle legion of boom thing well okay I, so what are you looking for now dan quinn has always been a 4-3 guy though really yeah that's what i'm sorry yeah 4-3 yeah that's what i meant yeah we don't really know we said that last week we don't really know because he hasn't really said so right 
some point right. he'll have to clue us all in. Right. Is he like he for all I know, he might look at defensive tackles and want just like four beefcakes on the front four. <laughs> yeah, why not? And Quinn is looking for beefcake. I mean, I mean that's he really looks more like of a man personal... who eats a lot of beef. He it's does. a personal it's... preference, you know. I mean, I don't know what his thing is and that's fine you know oh you're taught you're talking about food oh never mind i was also talking i, I could talk about both things i, I you could I, talk about beefcake too huh alex yeah i could yeah. I, I you're could the guy back. who was living with mad ionitis you know <laughs> or alternatively yeah, i made all that up but we'll see i don't know yeah one of those things yeah uh <laughs> do you want to quickly go over the defensive tackles even though we know we're not going to take one <laughs> yeah, we, because we're saying this, you know that's going to happen. Yeah, so I, I like I said earlier, I rolled defensive tackles into this because surely to God, Washington isn't stupid enough to do this, considering who they have signed up and all of that, and Jonathan Allen and Dron Payne. But because we also just like to preview the draft because you guys, you know, like the draft. That, we like that's the, the draft. whole point. Yes. Yeah. Right. Um, let me just read some names here. Jerzon uh, 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 Newton from Illinois is probably the top guy. Byron Murphy, the second. Devondre Sweat from Texas. Both those guys from Texas. Leonard Taylor, the third um, from Miami. Uh, Mason Smith from LSU. Those are the like the first and second round guys. Jerzon uh, Zer- Zer- Newton is by far the number one in this group. By far, he's a three technique. Um, as, which means four three, as opposed to one tech, which would be like a nose tackle. That would you're talking three four. The, the guy from mm-hmm. Texas, uh, Sweat, is probably yeah. a nose tackle at three. Yeah, he, right. Yeah, yeah. He's he's a right. one tech. So those are kind of the names. Again, we think Washington have to have lost their might, minds to draft. Might him. even be a zero at that size, Steve. <laughs> well, possibly. Yeah, possibly. Yeah. Pos- well, there's a yeah. I mean, right. That's zero tech is right over the center. Right. You yeah, know, just I don't, hog up as much space in the middle of the field. I mean, I find it hard to believe that a second rounder would have that be that inflexible, though. Uh, you That's know, true. so he's probably not. That's true. Uh, by the way, because I'm just looking at the, um, you know, list of guys. There's a guy from Kansas who's listed at 245. That can't be right for uh, interior line. <laughs> There's no way someone's playing inside at 245. Well, uh, I mean, we don't have that person listed on our. On no, our no, site. I'm just looking at one of the other sites. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah maybe they forgot to add a hundred to that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or he's being listed wrongly as a defensive tackle when he's like an edge. Possibly that. Yeah. Possibly that. Maybe. Or his but, legs but, are just that powerful, and he just two forty six ain't nothing for him. <laughs> I mean, look, okay, so if you want to watch and link, I, I, we've already said they're not drafting one at the top, you know, yeah. but it's not beyond the realm of possible. Like, you get into fifth, sixth, seventh round, that's right. when the teams really start to think, you know, who's just the best guy sitting here? Can he play? Let's draft him. Uh, you, you know, so it's not beyond the realm of possible. We see some of the lower-ranked guy, one of these guys possibly end up on the team. Yeah. Right. You know, because you can kind of always kind of churn through low end guys like that. So it's not beyond the scope right. of reasonable to think some of these low end guys. But, I, you know, I I don't have much to say about Washington is so deep at tackle right now. Yeah. On the active roster. It's just hard to believe that they, they have a second round pick who's never going to get on the field. Right. They have a second round pick and they're, they've got Ridgeway, who I initially didn't like, but he's been a great player, a great depth guy. You know, right. like. They're they are legitimately four deep at defensive tackle. Isn't everybody glad that Ron Rivera followed best player available in his drafting strategy? (laughs) Yeah, right. Let's not have that conversation. Let's do. I want to say it all again because I really, really hate the ignoramuses that get out there and will talk about BPA as if they know what the hell they're talking about. And is that some sort of like sacred religious ritual? Okay. So let me give everybody a little hint. Cause I have been in an NFL uh, college scouting room. Okay. They do. They, they, they all reasonable teams with the exception of a couple in the NFL wrap team needs into how they score these players. You people right. who out there think all these teams do just BPA don't know what you're talking about. There are one or two teams that do do that, but most reasonable teams don't. And I, and I think that's the right thing to do. You don't want to, just because there's a defensive tackle available in round one, you don't need them in on Washington. You're paying big money to other guys. That's stupid. So just be aware 
that there's yeah. a balance in with most most teams use. Okay, most, rant over. I had to rant that. I've I always, haven't said it in a while. I've always, yeah, I, I've always looked at BPA used in two different ways. One in the in uh, early in, uh, what, rounds one through three, maybe even push to four, to where once you get your team your your needs in place, and then you start putting these guys in BPA, kind of shuffling around that stage. Like 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 your need is offensive line, your need is linebacker, and they're both out. And you have an and you have a lineman and a linebacker there. So which one are you going to take? Well, you need them both the same. So let's take the better of the two that's available. Absolutely. That's when they would use it. Then, then well, when you get well, in the later rounds, then that's where you kind of go, well, man, this guy should have been a fourth-round pick. He's sitting here in the, in the fifth, late fifth, early sixth-round pick. We don't really need him, but he's probably the best player on the board. Right. Let's make that move. I've never saw it any other way besides that. And I'm right there with you. And I'm yeah. telling you guys, I have – literally looked at it on a board with my own eyes and I've talked to right. them about it. I told you I used to represent an NFL team. They took me through this place once and that is what that team did. And I'm totally with you. I think you're hundred percent right. I sanction everything what you just said. Uh, you know, yeah, sure. If you have two guys, you know, at both at a position of need available when you're drafting in like round two or whatever, take the better guy for sure. Right. You know, but you're not going to just disregard your team need because somebody's ranked a tiny bit higher. If there's a Hall of Famer out there, by all means, draft him. We're not saying that, right. uh, you know, but you just need to have a rational view of, of of it. You can't just scream BPA into your social media accounts, you know. Marvin Harrison yeah. Jr. stands out there. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. I mean, yeah, perfect. We don't need a wide receiver. No. Like, it's if you listed team needs, it's towards the bottom. Just that might point. be the bottom, honestly. Yeah. In fact, that's a that's a, if you if you already had a quarterback and you're going to the offensive line, you're staring Marvin Harrison Jr. in your face, and you don't need him. You find a team so desperate for him, sure. and you get yourself a haul to move back. That, that I'm you still fine. don't draft Marvin Harrison. Yeah, I'm yeah. fine with that too. Um, yeah, yeah I, I mean, there. Look, I think there's. If you by the third round you haven't basically figured out your starting roster, then you probably screwed up in free agency at that point. Like te- teams don't go into the draft being like, I need six starters anymore. They go in there one or two spots that they know they need to fill in by the third round, and everything else is a little more flexible that way. You know, right. the that way you can go just Oh, there's a guy who fell in the fourth. There's a guy who fell in the fifth. That's how you get an Alfred Morris, right? Like, this is a guy you scouted who you have a high grade on that no one else does. All right, let's take him in. He becomes your team leading rusher for a single season. Imagine that, a rational view of the draft. (laughs) Yeah. Still maybe our greatest draft pick for this team. Alfred Morris? Well, it's funny you say that. In terms of late round pick. Since we have a moment here. Sure, um, we have 10 minutes or so. Yeah. yeah, so I wrote a piece on running backs this week. I don't know if you guys read it. Um, and, and my thought was, you know, originally started with, like, how good is Brian Robinson? That was what was going through my head. Yeah. And it, what it ended up being was, how is Brian Robinson compared to all his other peers that he was drafted against and whatnot? And, mm-hmm. and I don't necessarily want to go into that. Um, but suffice to say, the answer to that question is, he's somewhere in the middle. He's not, yeah. you know, there's a couple that, you know, stood out. Brees Hall, uh, sure. you know, um, a couple others. Walker, yeah. Walker stood out um, for sure. And in terms of like, and I did, then I did it for the past four years, you know, and, and of that, um, uh, I lost my spot here. Well, enough that there's one or two that stood out for sure in that too. Okay. Um uh, you know, Brees Hall again. But wh- what was really interesting is th- the last thing I printed on here was every running back drafted by Washington over the last 20 years, all of them. There is a stunning, stunningly long list of mediocrity and failure on this list. <laughs> you know, here's the list. It, it, Alfred Morris is by far and away, by not even close, being the best NFL running back they've drafted, six-round pick. Um. Antonio Gibson, amazingly, for as mediocre as he's been, 
he's next in terms of yeah. just raw, you know, uh, amount of yards. Samaj P. Ryan, eighteen hundred thirty yards, third, unbelievable. Um, Brian Brian Robinson, Chris Thompson, Roy Hallou, Matt Jones, Evan Oyster, Chris Rodriguez, Darius Geis, Nehemiah Broughton, Eddie Williams, Manuel White, Jawan Jameson, Lake Seastrunt, uh, Keith Marshall, Bryce Love. That is the total list of running backs they have drafted in 20 years. That is so, it. Looking at that list, because I did pull up your article, the, the one caveat I'll put, because I always was a fan of his, is Chris Thompson. He really was more of a pass catcher. So like his right. pass catching yards, I think double what his his fair. Yards. fair. I it got to be too. I thought about printing. It got to be too much. You know. I, I but, get it. I get the why, why it's not in there, but like yeah. no, that's, that's a fair criticism. Yeah, but um, just think about that. I mean, Almo is the only one they've drafted. With apologies really to the two guys on the roster. Yeah. Uh, now, uh, you know, he's the only one in twenty years who've really who's been a career level traditional running back that they have brought in here. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I, I, that is stunningly bad. It's, and if you really think about it, I mean, the only running back Washington's had two running backs they've had that were above average running backs since the Gibbs era really were Clinton Portis and Adrian Peterson, which they drafted. Yeah. Nope. Well, yeah. the Portis thing though, like I, and I would, kind of put a caveat on Peterson because Portis was here for a long time. Yeah. Uh, Peterson wasn't yeah. for sure. Yeah. 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 It, to me, when you think about the modern post 2000 team, it's, you can argue about Clinton Portis or Alfred Morris. That's about it. Who's, who's your favorite? Correct. I was right. tr- stretching the bounds of reality a little bit, but we, we yeah. had a yeah. decent year, like above average quality year of Adrian Peterson, like we did. one year. We did get one, one and a half good seasons, I'd say. Yeah. But, but, Morris and Portis are it, yeah. uh, you know, and that is it. And that was really what I was trying to get across in the piece was like Brian Robinson is average. Yeah. Sorry. He got shot. Terrible. He's average. Chris Rodriguez. I'm still high on. We'll see. But they have had failure after failure after failure. Matt Jones. Remember him? Yeah. Darius guys who all time failure. Serious guys. That yeah. No well, Bryce Love had talent, had injury problems. You know, I like Keith Marshall in college. Didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. Didn't make the team. Uh, you know, they just haven't done anything in running backs. Bryce Love is the perfect example of, uh, now it didn't work out, but what I was talking about with, if you have a guy ranked highly and he somehow drops, give him a shot. I know right. he never got healthy, but if Bryce Love could have worked out. Healthy, hmm? It could have worked out. It, it could have, and he could have been a stud because he was a stud in college, but then he got hurt. Yeah, I wasn't really upset that. about with that pick. I mean, you know, I'm yeah. kind of of the mind. You always thought it was probably be drafting running backs. Oh, so you should draft so, running back every year. Yeah. So which position in the last 20 years has been worse in terms of drafting? Running back or safety? Maybe well, they had Sean Taylor. And, well, and, I'm, and I'm saying, yeah, but I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking Sean Taylor out of that equation. Well, you know, I mean, drafted, obviously, he was just, though. You I know, I know. Out. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, but he fits that mold of of uh, Alfred Morris in a sense. You know, he was that one impact player that we drafted, and granted, we fell we fell into Cam Curl, who's coming mm-hmm. in now, had one real good year. You know, but you have Sean Taylor, you have Alfred Morris. Now, granted, Sean Taylor was on a Hall of Fame track, I get that, but you take both of those two out of that equation. You know, I mean, we but we have. I mean, who are the other? players they've drafted but i mean, those two? Ron, I mean ron landry had some successful like he 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 was a one-dimensional guy he, he was, was more and of a, he kind of yeah. not i don't i want to say ate his way out of the league he he waited yeah, right. his way out of the league yeah probably shot his steroids his way out of the league yeah I, I, I we never had hard evidence i was gonna say it but allegedly yeah allegedly don't sue us Ron. <laughs> Uh, but he was productive for a couple years at least like he wasn't a total bust he was here oh six seasons or something like well, that. Well, you know, and in running backs like Gibson has been moderately productive a little yeah, bit. Right. I think Chris Rodriguez has, has possibilities. I mean, there was like five minutes, Evan Royster, we thought, you know, had some talent. Um, Chris Thompson, as you said earlier. Uh, so I guess I would, if you want to force me to pick Dave and you're taking Taylor and Morris out of it, I'd probably say they probably did better with running backs than safeties probably. Right. Oh, who was the safety that Scott McLuhan drafted? 
like in the fifth or sixth round that like was a stud and then he hurt his arm so that get like a nerve injury in his arm remember and oh I no yeah memory of this. I, I know you're talking about um uh, his name now great draft pick and then he got hurt and never played again his rookie year i actually forgot about him hold yeah. on hold on i always have data at the ready yeah okay so you're talking scott mcglewin right yep yep uh probably his first or second well he was only here two seasons <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Okay. So 2015. Yeah. Uh, Kaishan Jarrett was drafted in 2015. Right Kaishan Jarrett. That was him. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Yep. That's it. Oh, he. He. There was a guy who could have turned into a star. Yeah. He would have been another Camp Curl type. And for those of you wondering, whatever happened to Kaishan Jarrett? Because you all are. Yeah. He's coaching he a, now. Yeah. He was a coach in, in Washington for one year. Then he went to Virginia Tech. Defensive backs coach at Howard. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's which is where he is now, and he was an executive of some type, assistant director of player personnel at Virginia Tech. So, but he's at Howard University right now as the DBs coach. So. Oh, so he yeah. he stayed local. That's there nice. you go. Yep. Yeah. yeah, great great player. Shame what happened to him. Uh, what right. you're talking about is is and this is a Wikipedia entry. I looked this up on. Yeah. So you know Wikipedia is always right, but it says he suffered severe damage to his brachial plexus during a helmet to helmet collision with running back Darren McFadden. And then that's what ruined his that's what ruined his arm yeah, strength. It screwed up one of yeah. his arms. Yeah. Like a nerve thing in his arm. Yeah. I can't believe you guys remember that. Congratulations. We're this is what being a fan is. It's uh remember it, you see this all the time. It's guys can just be happy sitting around saying, Remember this player? And <laughs> right. <laughs> and of course yeah. my built favorite in, name for my favorite name for safety entire, is of course Bakari Rambo. Yeah. Oh well, yeah. yeah. But yeah. what we built an entire website based on that premise, Alex. I know we did. <laughs> it's a fantastic we, premise. We named the website after that, the Hogstye. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. That was the plan. That was the idea. Uh, so I'm going to switch, Dave, uh, to answer your question. I think we've done better at safety than running back. Because okay. I think there have been enough good safeties they've found and Guys who contributed on special teams and stuff like that. They both sucked. Can we agree on that much, though? Oh, they're not elite either. No. no. Yeah. They're they're bad, really bad at both. That's right. I mean, if you want to say what the real worst position, it's got. I mean, other than quarterback, which is the obvious answer, right? Like, uh, I'm gonna say linebacker. Like I was thinking that too. Yeah. Yeah, they've been really terrible at linebacker. Yeah. It's been that Rocky might actually be their worst position. Actually. They actually haven't drafted a ton of linebackers either. Yeah, Rocky McIntosh no. and uh, Davis, and that's about it. Like in terms of quality draft picks in the last twenty years. Are you right. going to call Rocky McIntosh? I guess he was somewhat quality. I guess that's fair. Somewhat, huh? yeah. By Washington standards, we're setting a bar, Steve, and it's not <laughs> high. It's pretty low <laughs> bar. I think Dave and you could. Uh, Maybe you know, step over it. <laughs> <laughs> well, even Dave is four foot ten, and even he could step over. That's that's the yes. That's what I'm maybe I'll have to do the history of Washington drafting in linebackers this week. Maybe that though, maybe that'll be my next column. Yeah. Uh, maybe that's a whole piece of what. Why are they so bad at drafting all the? How bad have they been at all these positions? Okay, real quick, we'll go over this real fast. Yeah. Okay, they did not draft a linebacker in twenty three. No. Or 22. Damon Davis was the only one in two, 21. Mm-hmm. Kalik Hudson in 2020. Uh, he he kind of had, not really, no. But uh, Yeah, but I mean, also he was a fifth-round pick, so he's not supposed to be a yeah. starter. He had Cole Holcomb in Cole 2019. Solid pick. Solid, yeah. Solid pick. Yeah. Uh, Sean Dion Hamilton, remember him? 2018, yeah. sixth yeah. round, didn't do anything. Um, Josh Harvey Clemens, who is listed as a linebacker, but seemed to be kind of a hybrid linebacker safety guy, type. Yeah. yeah. Ryan Anderson was the guy they drafted in round two in 2007. Yeah. Disappointment. Yeah. Uh, Stephen Daniels in round seven in 2016, mm-hmm. in seventh round, you know, fan favorite, but, you know, and depending on what you want to call Sue at Cravens, he was a humongous you know train wreck i, I consider him a safety i don't consider him yeah a probably yeah. so and um, by the way it, it because we'll get to them uh the kerrigans and the those guys that th- three four edge rushers i don't uh, they're I'm, edge not, I'm not calling yeah. them linebackers yeah, like yeah. Rack, yeah yeah and i'm not gonna yeah. go too far farther back here but martrell spate was in round five so the point is and then trent murphy 
is listed as a linebacker. He's a, a yeah. So yeah. I don't count him. So they really haven't, other than Jamin Davis, they haven't really drafted a true linebacker at the anywhere in the top of the draft, no. except for Ryan Anderson, in a yeah. really long time. Well, uh, you remember the year they drafted Davis? I went and did a deep dive and found out that in the ninety some odd years or whatever it was of drafting, that was the first time they took a middle linebacker in the first round. That's right. Yeah. That's you know, what like, I was kind of looking for here, and yeah, they, I'm, I'm all the way back to 2006, Rocky McIntosh. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's a the next Great one. Name. So, uh, <laughs> decent linebacker for a couple of years. Rocky McIntosh, Ryan Anderson, Jamin Davis. Yeah, none of whom ever made it. Jamin, we'll see on Jamin. And Anderson, right. another guy who's kind of more of an edge. He he wasn't a speed rusher edge, but like he was. Yeah. Supposed to be that. So there you go. So linebacker has been truly atrocious too, is yeah. the point. Yep. Yep. I would say that's the worst. But th- there's a be... lot of bad. You could really rank all a lot of this thing pretty low. <laughs> that, that would actually be a fun little ranking. Where where have you been the worst at drafting? <laughs> Maybe that's one? my next call. Maybe I'll do that. That's a nice positive thing to write about. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, there <laughs> we go. All right, guys. Uh we have gone over time. We we buffered. We buffered successfully. So congratulations. Yeah, we had to talk about what would we do? Would we vamp on in the beginning? I can't even remember what I was about. Uh, you guys about. yelled about Bill Clinton. Oh, yeah, that's right. We had to vamp about Bill Clinton, but you yeah. know, yeah, we got there. Yeah. And Maybe his that, lovely wife. His lovely wife. <laughs> I could Our, tell you some stories about her. Yeah. <laughs> not going to on the air. No, not on the air. All right, guys, we will talk to you all next week. Later. See ya.